0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a second exciting episode of the new podcast, Cast Dice. Now, you might recognize my voice from other podcasts. My name is Old Man Morin, and up until recently, I have been a member of the Dwellers Below Wargaming podcast. I've been on the Ghost Army podcast, and I was the founding member of the LRDG and the LRDG2 podcasts. Um, This is the new podcast. This is Cast Dice. Now, Cast Dice is my attempt to discuss the world of gaming. Uh, There are just so many games out there these days that are worth playing. We really do live in a time when there are so many tabletop games, so many role-playing games, so many video games. We are in a renaissance, as, as it would be, of gaming in general. Entertainment for uh, the geeky and the nerdy and everything in between, um, and this podcast really seeks to dig into or investigate. I guess the, I guess the industry or you know the big players. Also, I mean, more specifically, games that I or that my guests really enjoy playing, um, and to really dig into the nitty gritty and you know just talk and have fun. Um, now. We are still finding our sea legs a little bit. Uh, the first episode, of course, was about Malifaux. Uh, this episode is about a different game. But before we get to that, there's a couple of things that must be discussed. First of all, who's joining me this week? Um, I am the usual host of the show, but it, we have a rotating panel. And this week we have a panel of one. Uh, and he's an old friend of the cast and an old friend of me personally. Um, local Melbourne player, and probably one of the guys I've played more than anyone else in the last couple of years. Uh, he's been on the LRDG too, but I'd like to welcome Dave Monroe to Cast Dice. Dave, welcome.
1: Hey, thanks, Ryan, and uh, glad to be here. I'm looking forward to exploring a bit of this uh, wonderful gaming renaissance with you this evening. Oh, yeah.
0: Now, before we get to the big topic, I want to talk to you about something else, Now, you were saying when we were talking about scheduling this that you were actually going to be trialing um, or getting together a new group for a role playing thing. Now, I'm not much of a role player, but what you're talking about role playing is sounds really interesting. Can you tell us a little bit about what game it is that you are trying out tomorrow night?
1: Uh, looking forward to getting back into a little bit of uh, Call of Cthulhu. Oh, yeah. um, I played it regularly for many, many years and then uh, spent some time miniature gaming, but uh, just recently uh, contacted by some friends who also role players and said, Hey, do you want to do a little bit of uh, role playing again? I went, Yes, indeed.
0: Now, when you said yeah. you played it for a couple of years, you actually told me a number the other day. And- uh,
1: yeah, the campaign I was in ran for about 15 years. Yeah, exactly. Not, not the exact same uh, characters, but it was the same campaign, the same GM with uh, Richard Watts. And, uh, yeah, there was a, a revolving cast of us that went through and, and we did a number of the uh, big published scenarios and some homebrew stuff that that was done as well. No Lothatep is the one I remember. and It's a, a pretty brutal campaign, world-spanning. Yeah, it was uh, good fun.
0: That's awesome. Now, when you said a couple of years just now, and then fifteen years, I was like, "A couple doesn't mean that where I come from." That's amazing. I can't. I mean, albeit, I mean, I guess I've played some tabletop war games for longer than that, Mm -hmm. but or close to that. But to play with the same group of people um, and play the same game system like that—that's that's that's fantastic. Um,
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was interesting because we kind of we we started when we were yeah in our early 20s I guess and it kept kept going uh, and going and going. <laughs> it finally finally collapsed under its own weight. There was so much interconnectedness on the whole thing that that uh, we 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 had a final evening of of mayhem and zum- busloads of zombies and things. But uh, yeah, that was uh, that was terrific. I think all of us involved. But still tell stories of that to each other
0: <laughs> awesome now now tabletop games tend to i guess reset over a time or the narrative moves forward in the game but in a role-playing environment with, a, with you know you have a small group of people that narrative builds and builds and i guess that's what you're talking about with the yeah that's
1: yeah, it was kind of Cthulhu, well, I guess any system, like if you played D&D for that long, you'd end up with such super powerful characters and and uh, and, and you, you end up affecting the actual world that you're in. Uh, with with Call of Cthulhu, well, I guess there's only so many times you can banish the Elder Gods before all the cultists finally come at you
0: <laughs> or, yes. as
1: happened to us, um, you basically decide to join the cultists because you figure there's no hope. <laughs> Oh, wow. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so, yeah, things just go badly. I mean, that's one of the attractions of Cthulhu because you just know you're going to lose, you know. It's more a matter of how long you can hold on for. It's a little bit like repeatedly um, being the British at Dunkirk or something.
0: Yeah, exactly, like playing some <laughs> historical games. You know you're just going to lose, so why yep. play the Germans? Um, but I guess that was my big, my next big question. If you're playing Call of Cthulhu for that long, yep. how does it end? Do you – I mean, and I guess you kind of answered that question. Do the – uh, like, does the Cthulhu get – you know, does whatever the old ones pop out of a hole and take you? Or? Uh,
1: no, I mean, uh, well, yes, but I, I guess the, the campaign – before the the big one uh, was uh, Gaslight Cthulhu, so set in the 19th century. Mm-hmm. And the, the tail end of that was everybody was either injured or so far mad that Sherlock Holmes had a little guest appearance and he came through at the end and just shot everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like there was no hope going forward. So, yeah, thing, things just go bad. It was more... During the, the campaign, it was worse being... Um, Uh, being dead or going insane actually because we had a convention that uh, essentially those characters were handed over to the the keeper, the game master and you just know they would be coming back Mm. (laughs) And, and they were people who knew stuff, knew stuff about you and your, your secrets and they knew the secrets of the occult. So they were becoming, so our old characters were ending up becoming cult leaders and things and coming after us. And, um, yeah, it was, it was all very messy and very crazy. And it was, it was silly, but good fun. And um, and I didn't realize it actually probably affected my sleep at the time, too. I, I never slept well in the night after a Call of Cthulhu night. <laughs> it's like jumping at shadows and, uh, and and spiders and things. It was a very good GM, and we totally got into it.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I, I mentioned in the prior uh, podcast that I got together and played Mansions of Madness the other day. Um, and Isn't I, that a
1: terrific board game? It is it, it so really, good. Yeah.
0: yeah. Now, you've played it. Um, now, I think we'll yes. actually have to – I'll have to get my the the GM for that, on, like the the game master on for that to talk about that game in particular. But God, that was good. Um, now there's an... I got I was confused with that and the other um, Cthulhu game. I think it's also made by Fantasy Flight. Um, oh, oh, now I can't. Arkham Horror. Yes, thank you. Is now are they related? Do you know this?
1: Um, I've never played Arkham Horror. I've played Mansions of Madness, but um, yeah, I. I they're set in the same universe, but I, I think the mechanics are different.
0: Yeah, they're very. And the thing
1: different. with the the second edition of Mountains of Madness, the way your um your iPad or your phone mm-hmm. runs the game engine for you, I I, I think it's a really nice twist because you're still playing a board game, but there's way less bookkeeping.
0: Oh, absolutely. My wife is famously not a board gamer, um in a in a big way, but she came along and played, and at the end of that, she said. How about we go buy that? And I went, oh, I was like, what? Okay, I'm, I quoted you on that. And then she was like, yeah, that was great. Are there other games that have apps? And I was like, "I maybe one or two? And she's like, yeah, okay, I'll play those ones. I think I'm ruined now. I don't think I'm going to play any other games. And I was like, ah, no. on one hand, yes. On the other hand, uh. uh, So I may be playing a lot of that come Christmas time um, when my wife and I both have holidays. I guess so.
1: Well, maybe she's a role player at heart.
0: Yeah, see? There you go.
1: Because right, um, then you've got the GM. To, to deal with all of that uh, um, bookkeeping for you.
0: That's right. Well, God, it's such... Okay, we'll come back and talk about that game another time. Um, but, Dave, okay, now we've talked before... Oh, before we get to the next thing, um, the big thing, let's also talk about what's coming this month. Now, I posted on the Facebook page, and I know I mentioned it at the end of the last episode, but you and I are both old-school gamers, and you and I both played sort of the same games a long time ago in the early 80s, mid-80s, like Car yes, Wars indeed. and Ogre and those games. Yep. Now, are you as excited about Gaslands as I am? I am. I, I'm
1: looking forward to a, a modern set of rules, I think, for that, that car-to-car stuff.
0: Yeah. I mean, as much as I loved, I mean, Car Wars was this post, for those who don't know, it was made by Steve Jackson Games in the 1980s, um, and I guess it went into the '90s somewhat, um, but it was uh, it was little cardboard counters, and you moved them around on grid paper that had arenas and roads and whatever else towns printed on it. So it was like a tabletop war. It was a tabletop game, but it was all moving things around. It wasn't a board game. It was very, I guess, it was the first tournament game I played. But God, it was a bit. Heavy with the paperwork in retrospect, but it was the eighties. Everyone did that. Um, yeah.
1: Relative to some of the other games we were playing, it was uh, actually rules light. <laughs> but yeah. you, you're right. We, that, it, and it holds up quite well, but there is a lot of stuff going on there that, that you might be able to handle differently.
0: Now you and I actually sat down and played classic car Wars last year or the year before.
1: Um, I think it was last year.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I got it. It was a lot clunkier than I remembered. Um, like, it, don't get me wrong. As you say, it's still held up. But
1: yeah, it, I mean, the same mayhem happened. You know what? You yeah. um, uh, rapid deceleration by running into a wall. So you had time to use your fire extinguisher. That's right. <laughs> uh, uh, that's Daft, but that's also classic car wars.
0: Yes, it was. So Dave hit Dave's car, caught my car on fire with a flamethrower. And I, my guy was about to be burned alive because we hadn't put body armor or flame suits on it. Cause we were just pushing cars around and I was like, okay, I have to stop and get out of the car. And um, the only way to do that fast enough was to, you know, without wrecking was to hit something. So I slammed my car into a wall, and I don't know if my guy survived, but...
1: Um, You did. You took a couple of hit points of damage, but you managed to stagger free of the car, which I thought was pretty well played.
0: Thank you. You clearly won that game, but I won the moral (laughs) victory of my little man not dying.
1: Um, Absolutely. You crawl out of the car and gave everybody a a signal with his finger. Exactly. (laughs) But maybe it it was a thumbs up. It was there was too much smoke. I couldn't tell.
0: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. But it was I mean, but the weight of the rules allowed me to literally be able to do that. I mean, it wasn't Hmm. like I mean you could literally turn to a page and say, Now what happens if this happens? And you check the index and it's there and you get to that page and you go, Oh, that's how that works. Um I mean these days that is not an easy game to pick up. I, it, it just, you would need to like devote a lot of time to get yeah. it right. Um, yeah,
1: but I, I remember we were, I was playing a lot of um, Dungeons & Dragons at the time and, yeah. and stuff. So we, it always felt like the game we played when we, when we wanted to go rules light. Exactly, and, uh, squad leader. We're playing squad leader as well.
0: Oh Jesus! Yeah, Which was yeah. a, a a game like Starship, uh, Was it Starfleet battles back in the day, where you needed a, a community college degree to be able to play the damn thing? And that was a community yeah. college degree in that game. And, I mean, it was brutal. Yeah, yeah. That was not a game you (laughs) learned by demoing. That was a game you actually had to have, like, somebody, you paid someone to come and teach you the game because, ugh. I tried because Star Trek, I mean, when I was a kid, I was like, Star Trek, Uh, you know, after watching Wrath of Khan, I was just going, I want to play that on a tabletop. And then I went out and bought Starfleet Battles, and I would revisit it every five or six years. And I was like, Jesus, even now that I'm older, this doesn't make one goddamn bit of sense. Um, yeah. Like it, gu- it does, but it doesn't. And it was like, this is not a game I'm going to sit down yeah. and play.
1: What, what was going on in the 80s? You know, just with pumping out 70s and 80s games like that, it's uh, yeah, strange. But there's still, there's still people out there, you know? It's like on the dark web, you know, playing Advanced Squad Leader. And oh. uh, I see uh, World, World in Flames is getting a 30th anniversary release.
0: Jesus, really? Um, <laughs> That's and awesome. Uh, well, car yeah. Car Wars, just to bring it back on topic, is um, is apparently being rebooted from scratch and is coming back out. Now it was supposed to be out already, but um, uh, maybe by the end of this year. My guess would be second quarter next year, maybe. Hopefully, um, cool. but it's gonna be. A much more streamlined experience, um, possibly a miniatures game. Now, Gaslands, Gasland. which we'll They'll be have talking drop about. Yeah, ja- now, Gaslands is is one of those um, blue bordered osprey game books, like Honor Majesty's. Uh, what is it service? I got him. Yeah, Honor right Majesty now.
1: Service, and yep. uh, yeah, like and um, there's a few. There's some really nice titles in that series. Yes. I like it. You know, for twenty twenty five bucks, you get a complete game. Generally, you can use some minis you've got in your cupboard.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, yeah, there's a lot to like.
0: Rogue Stars was another one. I, I got that. I just haven't opened it. I got it when I was doing my master's and was like, this looks amazing, like classic Rogue Trader 40K. <laughs> I can play. And then I was like, I don't have time to read this and put it on the shelf. So, should probably. Pull yeah. It. Uh, but so, Gaslands. Gaslands is um, one of those blue bordered books. And it is um, basically what you and I have been talking about doing for a while, which is playing vehicular combat games uh, using matchbox cars. It's that scale. Um, of course, you'd paint them up and convert them. And there are, there are lots of good companies out there who sell bits that let you do it. Um, but apparently it's a bit like... Now, th- I am going to be interviewing the author of the game in the next episode so he can tell us specifically. Again, I haven't read the rules but from what I've read, it is it uses a template system like um, uh, X-wing to move. So you put. Okay, yeah, yeah. So you, you're like, oh, I'm going to take this hard turn here because I'm going this fast and I can. Um, yeah. And then you roll certain dice, and it allows you to do certain things. So I think it's it's going for that element of sort of clean, simple gameplay, but it's still got the. I don't know the, the richness to, that allow you to do some fun stuff. Um, what yeah, what are you looking forward to? Well,
1: I I think that I think the the um, the visual um, display of getting your matchbox cars out again. That's that's the the thing that I'm looking forward to. Definitely. And that that we might, you know, pull them to bits and glue them back together in a different way, is not here or there or part, yeah. or part of the fun, but that's what I'm kind of looking
0: forward to. Definitely. Yeah, man, and just pushing it around. I'm looking forward to putting out a, putting out, I don't know, some sort of four-by-six table and putting a few big obstacles somewhere in there and just driving yeah. our little cars around and playing it. The, the old Car Wars tournament, I don't know, maybe make one of those crazy tournaments. with I don't know what the rules for this look like, but if you can make jumps with ramps and everything else like the old hammer downs for those of us old enough to remember that like something ridiculous. I just have fun, push things around. Yep. This just, I'm hoping this is just an awesome beer in pretzels game with, uh, well, I guess more like X wing for me. Um, that, that kind yep. of simple, but effective, lots of fun. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think so. And, and uh, you know, less than 30 bucks to get in, uh, as an entry point. I think it's worth a pump.
0: Yeah, definitely. Oh God. Yes. So, And, yeah, so I think hopefully, well, not hopefully, next episode, we're going to be talking about Gaslands quite a bit. So stay tuned, guys. Um, Now, something else that Dave and I have been playing is, I guess, the crux of this episode. Um, Now, Dave, you and I have also been playing. I mean, you and I met playing 40K. Um, You were one of the tournament organizers for the Southern Hemisphere's largest toy soldier event that I'm aware of. Um, and that was Arcanacon, back in its heyday of hundreds and hundreds of players. Um, it,
1: it's old heyday as opposed to its current new heyday. <laughs> it,
0: oh, was it, it back up to being huge?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. The waiting lists and stuff—it's it's it's going off again. ATED's given a new lease. But that's off topic. But yeah, Arc Arc is where we met in the middle of all that forty uh, K mayhem.
0: That's right, and. From there we both sort of ended up playing Bolt Action. Um I know there was lots of other games and lots of other stuff going on in the interim. But um yeah, you started playing Bolt Action. I was I had started playing Bolt Action. We started playing together and we played quite a lot. I in fact, as I said when I was introducing you, um you may be one of my most regular opponents these days. Um and Yeah, I
1: think we 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 BA Tragics.
0: Yeah, we are. Um, But this, we also like something else. And I think this all ties back to kind of what we've been talking through here. You know, we we talked about vehicular combat in the 80s. We talk about um, Call of Cthulhu, magic, um, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, 40K, big monsters, whatever else. I mean, I think that kind of builds a picture for people that we don't necessarily, we're not your standard historical war gamers. And I think because of that, the game that I'm about to introduce, I think, is also up our alleys. Now, we both like the mechanics for bolt action. Um, what do you like about bolt action?
1: Uh, look, I think, like me I, I really enjoy the the mechanic of the dice draw. Absolutely. Uh, that, that just breaking up the I go, you go is nice. And this might seem weird given the game we're about to talk about, but I actually really like that the guy hiding behind the hedge over there, he's just a guy with a rifle and you're a guy with a rifle. So everybody's kind of got, you kind of know everybody's rules. And, and, and so there's a nice equalizer there. Agreed. Uh, and coming from a 40 K background with huge codexes, as they call them, but army books with all the, the special rules. So it, it takes a lot of effort to keep up with other people's armies. Yeah. Whereas, Bold action doesn't have that to anywhere near the extent.
0: Agreed. Um, I I really like, as you were saying, I like the the same sameness of bolt action in that um, it it leads to a nice balance to the game. Um, A basic trooper is roughly the same in a British force. It's roughly the same in a Japanese force. It's roughly the same in a German force. I mean, sure, national rules play around a little bit. But all the basic troops basically carry around rifles. They run around the place. You can take them, an inexperienced regular or veteran, but mm-hmm. you, you basically could use the same model for any of those. And sure, there's different skins you can put on. Them. Oh, my guy's got, um, you know, a particular black uniform because he's a naval troop, and your guy's got a particular. Um, hat he wears, but
1: yeah. So the the hobby stuff's still there, exactly. and, and I
0: think a nice a nice consequence of that um, fewer
1: rules. It's still quite a big rule book, but the core mm. rules are quite small. Um, is I think it gives room for much richer missions. Yes. Uh, the the scenarios and missions you've got the 6 12 in the book now but the 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 range of missions that are about and available and the the, the campaign books and things I, I think is one of the real pleasures of the game
0: totally agreed um I also I, I really like and one of the things that I really like about the rule set is and what has kept me coming back to it again and again and again is its simplicity um mm. it is a simple game pick up I've I have taught many people how to play this game and usually by turn two or three people are playing without the training wheels without me showing them what to do sure yep. there's the, the the a couple of things you need to explain here or there but it really is a simple rule set it's easy to learn but it's hard to master and I really yeah, like and
1: and in that simplicity, the way the core mechanics interact is quite nice, too, where um, your degrading leadership not only makes it harder to activate, but you become less effective in your shooting and with the, through the pin markers and all that. It's, it's quite nice.
0: I could not have said that better. Now, all of this comes to a head, though, uh, in what we're about to talk about, because last year, a, God, about a year ago... Uh, maybe last summer, I, I'm trying to remember the exact timing, uh, I think it was maybe last September or so, or October, Warlord Games came out with a different kind of bolt action. It was actually, um, so Warlord produce it, and Warlord make bolt action, but it was actually designed um, to accompany a set of miniatures made by a small independent company called Clockwork Goblin. Um, now these guys came up with a set of miniatures that were weird war. Now, for those aren't familiar with the concept, weird war is the idea that World War II contains something supernatural. Um, you you will if you've seen Hellboy, you're you're oh there's magic, there's you know robots, there's these sort of things. Um, I mean, it, Captain America comic books from a long time ago slash some of the movies recently tie to this. I mean, it really it, it's around vampires, uh, zombies, werewolves, all of these sort of things like science gone mad. Now and there's
1: and there's usually um, uh, and it's not the first set of rules to look at that either. There's no, been definitely. A, there's always a few snapping around.
0: But this but, um, one, this one bolts directly onto bolt action. Now, what was originally thought when the game first came out was it was just an attachment. It was it was just an attachment. It was just it would be like an army book of special units that you could tag onto a bolt action game. That actually isn't what came out though.
1: Yeah, yeah, that would have been the safe thing to do. Yeah, And, and it, probably, it would have been okay, and you could have brought out the miniatures anyway. But, right. yeah, please, go on. What did they actually do, Brad?
0: So we, we got was, and I'm actually holding it in my hand, and it's sitting next to the Bolt Action rulebook. It is literally the same size book. It's the same um, thickness. It's the same hardback cover. Um, it is its own rulebook. Now, same production qualities as well exactly and it's fantastic I mean the, the art in it and just the production quality is the same solid quality you got from all the Warlord books that you know and love now what's interesting is um, now I'm, I'm going to pull back the curtain a bit now a lot of people have been really critical of this game in that it came out um, six or seven weeks before Bolt Action Version 2 now Many people hoped that this would be the, you know, a preview of Bolt action version 2 and, you know, you would basically, it would be the same game. Unfortunately, this game was, I guess, originally delayed in its production, um, in, in the production of it coming out originally, and Bolt action version 2 came forward. And so these games were supposed to be really far apart in a calendar, um, to the tune of like six to nine months. Instead, they were six weeks. Um, and unfortunately, for the, the, the Clockwork Goblin guys based the rule set on Bolt Action Version 1. And so it is very Version 1 heavy. Um, and given how many rules changed with Bolt Action Version 2, um, it was tons of little rules, but they really significantly changed the focus and the way that the game was played. Um, so that left a lot of players wondering what's up with, with Conflict. I mean, Conflict 47 is the game we're talking about, and it's a wonderful game, um, but it is very strongly based on version 1. Now, you and I, Dave, have talked about this before. At least I've talked about it on the podcast. When we've played, because you're my regular Conflict player, we've played using these rules... We've played using these rules, using the old um, uh, BoltAction.net season rules to update them to clean them up a bit. And we've also used these units with some minor alterations to Bolt Action version 2. Um, and I think the game worked well in all three instances. Would you agree with that?
1: No, I agree. It, it, it did work under any of those. Each, each threw up slightly different Oddities, but, yeah. but it worked every time.
0: But we weren't coming up with the rule set. We were just looking for a way to play it um, in the most modern, conventional way possible. Now, that situation did kind of put a lot of people off, and that's really unfortunate given the extremely rich background that the Clockwork Goblin guys have put out, the, the fantastic models that have, they've been creating and they've been selling through Warlord... Um, just the whole situation was really unfortunate. Um, given how good the game is, but we got a new book recently, um, within the last month, I'm not sure of the exact release date, but it is very recently. Um, now I've had it for a little while and we've played a game and we've talked through it extensively and we've kicked around some stuff, but what came out was a new book called conflict 47 resurgence. Now, This book was to add new units, and it was to add new army lists. Um, And we'll explain all of that in a minute. But the thing it did most was it updated the rules. It brought a ton of the version 2 rules, or variations of them, into Conflict 47. Now, does that mean that you need Resurgence to play Conflict 47? No. As Dave and I just said, we've played many games of Conflict 47 straight out of the hardbound book, and it's great. It's a great game. It plays really well. However, do I think it is a better game with the Resurgence rules? Absolutely. Um, it, yeah, that's
1: why I'm putting that, Brad.
0: Yeah, it is, it's a very clean—it's uh, not clean. It is not as simple as bolt-action with this, um, you are going between two books, but I think it's a much better set of rules. Now, before we get to our overall, do we like this game um, in its current state, as in the new version? Let's hold that off, Dave. Let's not give away our spoilers on this one. Let's talk yeah, about... I, I, I
1: suspect the betters might already have an opinion.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, there we go. Let's, um, let's actually then talk about what's changed. So, I, di- I mean, the pinning mechanic has not really changed from bolt action at all. Pinning is still an el- is one of the main elements of conflict, and it's what you were talking about earlier. The more your yep. units get hit, the more pins they accrue, the worse they get at either following your orders or a- accomplishing what they need to do, be it shooting, surviving, doing all of that. Yep. Dice mechanics... Um, as in, for every unit on the board, you have a dice, you put it in a bag, your opponent does the same thing, you swish it around, you pull it out. So you're never quite sure if you're next or your opponent is. So it is not that you-go-I-go go game. It's a, I have to pay attention what's happening the entire time. It's a much more engaging way of playing. For me, anyway, I'm not sitting there waiting a half an hour for my opponent to shoot all my units off the board. Every, it's a very, you, you have to pay attention, you're constantly going back and forth and you have to plan there's that uncertainty that really does lend itself to some pretty neat strategy um so that those cool rules haven't changed but conflict 47 in its original rule book added something to the game that was really significant um and that was reactions dave do you want to talk a little bit about reactions so i am not talking the whole time can you explain Uh... the system? Uh, roughly, in just yeah. broad strokes. Yeah,
1: yeah, very, very broadly, is that uh, in bold action? There's the the six basic orders that, that you have that you can issue to a unit, right. and, and the main ones advance and fire and and run, which becomes your close combat um, assault move. Reaction move uh, means each order uh, that the opposing player has an opportunity to react to, to your opponent's order. So if you shoot at them, they can go down, which is the same as bold action, or they can actually stand and shoot back. Um, okay. Or if um, an assault has similar ones as well. And so that that's an added layer of complexity that, that comes, and tactical choices.
0: Now, that is entirely right. Uh, in order to make a reaction, though, you do need to not have activated already that turn. So you can't run forward and then... If someone shoots at you shoot at them. You've already moved that turn. Yep, um, yep. And the other thing is, some people are saying, oh, I'm not sure about that. Um, it's there. There is a, an element where you have to pass a morale check in order to make a reaction. Now, if you fail that test, or sorry, if you do pass that test, you can return fire. You can run away. You can do whatever it is that your reaction is if you fail the reaction test, you don't lose your order. Like, you you don't count as having activated. You just gain a pin. So there is a negative for failing your test, but you aren't crippling that unit for the turn. You're attempting something, and if it didn't work out, well, that's okay. You can still pull your die from the bag and activate them later. Or you can try and react to something else. So it does... I, I really like that element to it. Um, now... So there is stand and shoot, there's run away, there's um, going down so you can duck if someone starts shooting at you, um, you can run for cover, um, and basically that are, those are the, the, the reactions. Um, now we played, we've played this game a fair bit at this point, and we played some reactions recently uh, in our game that we just played yesterday. Dave, what do you think about the reaction system?
1: I like the reactions because there's that added level of tension um, uh, for uh, as you're trying to do something that the, your your opponent, you know, you often want to react. So so there's uh, but there is a little bit of risk to do it. Uh, I'm not sure that we've really got the the hang of the reaction stuff yet. Agreed. In that we're, we're we're doing stuff, but sometimes I wonder if we're being Crazy brave, rather than sensible, <laughs> with some of the stuff we're choosing to do. But nonetheless, I, I really do enjoy the reaction.
0: I think it's uh, option, I think, as you say, adds that tactical element of okay, this is a good time for me to do this. Now, it also ties into um, the way that hand-to-hand combat works. Now, it's not—I guess it's not technically a reaction—but hand-to-hand combat in Conflict Forty-Seven changes as well. Uh, in bolt action, if, for example, my, I don't know, my British guys um, charge Dave's German guys, um, you know, I, I would go first unless they're hiding behind a wall, at which point, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then I would, so if if he was in the open and I charged him, I would roll my dice, he would remove his models that I killed, he would return an attack back, We. Uh, I would remove my models... Whoever won combat, the other person would remove their models. Um, it, did I say that right? So the loser hey, would no, that's lose right. everyone. It's a winner-take-all situation. That's right. Um, they do. Yeah. Conflict, it's a very different system. So if I declare a charge on Dave, my guys run up. As my guys are coming up, Dave can opt to do one of two things. Now combat takes place in two phases. You can either shoot and have a firefight, or you can fight in hand to hand.
1: And that—that's in addition to my reaction of of the Overwatch that happens.
0: Correct. Um, but you do count. Um, you do have to roll to hit, and then you have to yep. roll a wound. Yep. So if you're thinking, "Haha, I get to shoot! And, I get to shoot twice!" Um, sure, you do get to shoot twice. You get to shoot. Twice, you have to roll to hit twice and roll to damage twice. Now, anytime those dice roll out, I mean I've heard a lot of people say, oh, it just wipes units off the board. Well, yeah, if you're charging your guys into a big old squad that's, you know, pointing guns at you um, and is waiting for you, doesn't have any pins and is ready, well, yeah, you're probably gonna take a, a massive kick in the face. However, if you are clever about how you play if the squad you're charging might have a pin or two on it that will definitely hurt their ability to hit you um let alone damage you and yeah, plus I, the i think the it's fact- worth
1: mentioning Brad, yeah, sorry, at this point that um in bolt action when you have an assault everybody sheds their pins yes. whereas in conflict pins are retained Yes, uh, in that close combat phase. So, the the modifiers that pins bring um, uh, that you were just talking about happen, uh, That's a and very that good is point. one of the, yeah, yeah. And so yeah, so you have the shooting phase, and if you survive the shooting phase, you are moving on to the the close combat melee phase. Is that what they call it?
0: So once the hand to hand, or once the shootings resolved, it then moves to hand to hand. Now hand to hand is handled. Um, A little differently in this, in that it's simultaneous. Unless one of you happens to be hiding behind a wall, or one of you happens to be a terrifying creature, and they have the horror rule. But again, that that comes into special rules, and that'll be discussed later. Um, So then you start attacking one another. Now, the pins don't factor into hand-to-hand, but you're not rolling, just like in bolt action, when you're actually engaging in the hand-to-hand part of it, Unlike shooting, you're not rolling to hit and then to wound. You're just rolling to wound. So shooting is a lot less effective an action to do in the hand-to-hand combat phase. Now, you might say to yourself, why would I ever do that if I can just swing in the hand-to-hand? Well, two reasons. One, um, if you are facing something like a pack of werewolves coming down on you, A, they're not going to shoot you. They don't have guns. B, you don't want them to get to hand to hand, so you want to shoot them. So, i mean, it it really does add that element. Now, Man. you might be saying, "But, well, I'm not sure about you know this and that." And I like it in doing something because in bolt action, you you know, there's the badass units like like Gurkhas or. Certain tough fighter units that are just decked out to run you down, I guess tough fighter changing rein that in. Gurkhas are still pretty nasty. Um, but you Gurkhas are assaulting you? No problem. Well, sure, it's a problem, but less of a problem because you can shoot them before they assault you. You're not losing your hand-to-hand attacks to them. You're shooting them first. So it gives you an option. I find it really pulls the teeth of some of those nasty units that you don't want to deal with. Um, you just need yeah, to be that's... prepared and not have your pants pulled down by having extra pins thrown on your unit so you can't hit them. Dave, would you agree yep. with that?
1: Yeah, I do. I, I think um, to two observations, uh, the, that that dynamic of the point blank and the, the hand-to-hand phases it, it creates the space exactly as you observed around for, for close combat. Damn, it gives other people a choice on how to react to those real close combat monsters. And the other the other point though is that uh, pins that you're carrying do affect the hand to hand in close combat. Your number of attacks are reduced uh, by the number of pins
0: you've got. Was that the or was that the shooting attack? I always
1: uh, no. The, the, your shooting is your, uh, your shoot as normal. So if you had say two pins. Um, your roll to hit would would, um, have the minus two modifier. But if you had a squad of eight people, uh, just eight dudes with rifles in hand-to-hand, then they would only have six attacks in the hand-to-hand phase because they've got two pins.
0: That's right. And once your guys take any casualties in hand-to-hand at all, your unit takes a pin. So not only are you not losing pins in hand-to-hand combat, you're gaining pins. Yeah, so
1: that's hey, uh, page, page seventy for those following at home.
0: Yes, exactly. Um, and then, Dave, why don't you tell us what happens after both sides have fought? And if you are injured, yeah. you take a pin. What happens next? How do you resolve this?
1: Yeah, I, in in uh, ba, of course, uh, the, it's definitive. You know, you, you just keep going until one side or the other is wiped out. What happens with uh, in conflict? is the the winner can choose to uh, have follow-on combat Mm -hmm. or to consolidate. Uh, And if it's a draw, then both sides just consolidate. Again, there might be special rules that modify that. But basically, the the winner can choose to go on again or to to consolidate, which means um, you might have an opportunity to push a defender off an objective, for example, uh, if you've assaulted onto the objective and and win a, a a round of combat, but both side both teams still exist, then you can choose to consolidate. But the defender actually has to move first, correct? So that they would move away, and that, that gets modified if they're in cover and stuff too. So this and there's all uh, a number of clauses describing how to do it. But basically, it means that close combat. Uh, might be brutal, but it's not necessarily decisive, uh, which is also an interesting kind of um, thing. And and now we're you know we're in the realm of fantasy now, and that's appropriate for conflict because that's what it's doing. It's um, I think the added complexity of this probably isn't needed for straight up World War Two games. Right. But but for the new units, um, I think it, it's this is this is one of the key differences that makes K forty seven weird World War Two.
0: Agreed. Um, Now, one thing to quickly add to what you said, before you move to consolidate, at the end of a combat, if one person's won and one person hasn't won, before you decide to move on or not, the loser has to make a morale check with Uh, their pins. And if they fail, they're wiped out.
1: I'd forgotten Uh, that. Yes, quite right, Brad.
0: So it is, I mean... While it's not winner take all quite as much as bolt action, it does. I mean, that is usually the. It still common mostly is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but there's still the opportunity where that might not happen. Um, yeah, and particularly
1: that, elite units.
0: Yeah, exactly. We had a situation in our game where I I took this giant walker called a grizzly, giant fists with um, you know my British forces waded into a unit of German zombies. And, you know, we were smashing each other something proper. Um, but then at the end of every turn, neither. I mean, you I was I kept winning, but your unit doesn't ever run away. Um, was immune
1: to morale. Yeah. Too stupid to know when they're beaten.
0: Exactly. And so it was like, well, I guess we'll just keep going. Uh, yep. How about that? We'll just keep going. And then eventually I was like, uh, I'm taking some pins now. I'm going to walk away. Um, <laughs> so I'm, And I did. I just walked away. And, that, and then you consolidated closer to the objective. But then I had, by that point, I'd moved up and yep. I pointed all my guns at you. And that the was The
1: had done its job.
0: <laughs> exactly. It had taken a big old unit of 10 zombies and gotten it down to something like three. And went, yep, yep. okay that 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 was that that was what that needed to do yeah so, right on well okay so we've talked about some of the big differences in the games um but generally if you are playing a game of Complex 47 in the classic sense like their version one versus bolt action version one it was a very similar experience sure there are some noticeable differences But you and I were talking about this yesterday. We went through maybe three turns, and it still felt like bolt action. It is still a bolt action game. Things don't really change um, that much. Now, with the new resurgence rules, things change more. Um, Now we have new rules, and we're updating the game People were thinking this would bring including myself would this would bring the game into line with version 2. And while a lot of elements from version 2 come into conflict 47 in the resurgence book not all of them do. Um yeah. and what that really has made conflict its own game. Uh Dave would you what do you think about that?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I I guess so. It's um, for players that play both. It's uh, going to be a, a continuing point of friction, I guess, a little bit as you're trying to remember which system you're in. But yeah, it, it certainly it has a distinct flavour uh, between the special rules and the the reactions, the changes to assault. It's um, yeah, it is its own own system.
0: It definitely is. Now, just. Right off the bat, let's talk about how the game has changed for the better. Well, not the better. What what came from version 2 that, in my opinion, kind of needed to happen? Well, first and foremost, flamethrowers rolled a hit. Because um, it was, you know, old bolt action flamethrowers were king. You, you would hit, you would smash face, and that was that. Um, yep. Now you have to roll to hit, just like in bolt action version 2. Um, it's, yep. The way you do that is slightly different. Um, but it is basically the way you get it there. Tough Fighter, um, again, is not what it was in Bolt Action Version 1 anymore. You don't get the extra dice, just like in Version 2. For every hit you make, you get another attack. Um, Now, what's different here, and there is a difference, now, this is something worth really talking about. In Bolt Action... Assault rifles or assault weapons, so submachine guns, assault rifles, pistols, those weapons all have the assault rule. And in Bolt Action Version 2, um, assault weapons get Tough Fighter. They become—they give the unit Tough Fighter. It used to be in Version 1 that for, uh, for every SMG or assault weapon you have, you would get two attacks in hand-to-hand combat. Just like Tough Fighter it gave you two attacks— Well, they simplified it back for version 2 and said that everything got Tough Fighter that has the assault rule. Conflict 47 doesn't do that. So Tough Fighter does what it does in version 2. But assault weapons don't get Tough Fighter. Let me clarify what that means in case I wasn't clear. So if I have a squad of uh, Soviet naval troops, which incidentally don't exist in this game, but if you did... You would have, uh, and you've given them all submachine guns. So you have 10 guys attacking. Now, Soviet naval troops have tough fighter. So I have 10 guys who are attacking in hand-to-hand combat. They would get two dice attacking, but then because they have tough fighter, they get another dice for every hit they get. So rather than getting the same rule, tough fighters changed. And now it stacks. Does that, did I explain that right?
1: Yeah. Like that's, that's what Resurgence says, is it?
0: Yes, that is what Resurgence says. So okay. you are paying, and I guess that kind of makes sense in my mind. Because tough, my problem with Tough Fighter was it was always way too cheap for what it does. It was yeah. always, oh, look how good this is. For one point, you're getting an extra attack dice in version one. And in Conflict 47. Now it's just you get an extra attack for every hit you make. So if you're, you're rolling hot, you get more attacks. Yeah. But with submachine guns and assault rifles, you are paying extra points. So I never mu- And you're sacrificing range. Um, assault rifle ranges, by the way, in Resurgence, drop from 24 to the 18 that they are in Bolt Action Version 2. So you are paying a premium. Now, a lot of people complained in version... Bolt Action version 2 came out and said, oh, you know, assault rifles aren't worth it anymore. They've lost their extra dice in hand-to-hand combat, and they have a shorter range. Well, in Conflict 47, they don't. I mean, people always argued that assault rifles were too good in version 1. I think that with less of a range but the extra attack dice for 5 points a model... I think that kind of balances now. Um, Dave, what do you think about all this system?
1: Yeah, no, I think that, that um, does seem to work all right. And and I guess with so many uh, brutal units in close combat that uh, leaving those assault rifles at two hits is not too bad anyway.
0: Yeah. One of the things I think this brings up a really, it had to be said at some point in the podcast. And I think now's a good time. Now I hear a lot of people probably thinking, Brad, you're crazy. Like, there are so many ways this can be abused. This is, like, there's, there's too many units that can get Tough Fighter. There are too many units that can have SMGs or assault rifles with Tough Fighter. That's going to be crazy. So, look. Uh, Conflict 47 is its own game. It comes with four army lists. It comes with rules for the big original four. You have Americans, you have Soviets, you have Germans, and you have British. Resurgence adds rules for the Japanese and adds rules for the Finns. It also updates the rules, as I said, and gives the, other f- the original four new units um, and replacement entries for some of the units in the original book that have been eroded. I thought that was really nice. They cleaned everything up. In one place, okay. you can get everything. Um, now, the, those army lists are... They're, they're not an armies of book full list. It, they're, they're really complete lists um, compared to some of the other uh, bolt action books that have existed. Mm. But they're, they're sort of limited. And the author of the game, we had him on to the LRDG2 when this game first came out. And he said that they intentionally went in and made late war lists. Um, because this is two years past the end of World War II in reality. Like, we're in 1947. Yeah. So it doesn't make sense that you're going to have, you know, interwar tanks floating around. They would have been wiped out way before this. So the lists, I mean, basic squads typically have more options for carrying SMGs or assault rifles or... And sometimes Fass LMGs. Or sometimes LMGs, more LMGs. Um, but because of the way the lists are written, some of those units that are maybe seen as abusive... Um, in bolt action like Gurkhas, for example. Or, I know in version 1 there was the um, Japanese cavalry because you can give them tough fighter and that made them ridiculous. Well, these guys, um, they've eliminated all those units. They they literally just don't exist. If you are running conflict armies out of the conflict books, I think this works brilliantly. Um, I don't know, Dave. What are you thinking about all this?
1: I I agree. We've not really encountered or, or heard in in the circle around here uh, that we play with of of units that are really just that kind of must have and dull to play against because exactly. they're so tough. There's there's it's got that rock paper scissors aspect to it where there's always something out there that's going to mess your day up.
0: Yes. Yeah, and you could you can start. Hey, this beats this. This beats this. This beats this. And so, I I, I mean, it kind of leads to you taking balanced armies in a fun and interesting way. Um, but you can also theme your list in an interesting way as well. Um, but you need to have some tools um, to deal with your opponent's armies as well. Um, yeah. So look. I'm, I know when, I, when this first came out, I was all excited to just use bolt-action armies and use the Conflict 47 rules. Now, you can definitely do that. We've done that. Um, at this point, though, now that I've played it a fair bit, I'm really enjoying the... And the Conflict, go, uh, so the, the conflict rules, um, the way that Clockwork Goblin wrote the units into the back of the books. And we'll talk more about armies in another podcast. They've added interesting elements in as well. So you're not just getting, you know, I can take a couple more SMGs or I can take this. Uh, For example, a British anti-tank team comes with a Piat, just like it does in bolt action, but you can upgrade it to have a bazooka, for example. Um, There's really neat little changes, and some late-war vehicles like a Soviet T-44, which doesn't exist in bolt action, is in conflict. Um, So there's really... I, I guess I'm saying I really do like these lists. I think there's plenty of room to stretch your legs and use existing armies. Um, a few weird vehicles aside, um, or I guess some standard vehicles aside, because, for example, the KV-2, I don't believe is in conflict, and I know I played a lot of Soviet players against it. You know... Yeah.
1: But Look, I, I, think, I the... think... I
0: think, just really quick, I think the general lists. You're gonna. I think you'd really struggle to not use almost your entire army using those lists. Um, go ahead, Dave. Sorry.
1: Yeah. I Look, I, I tend to agree with you. The the lists are are really quite flexible and, and consciously um, uh, that end of war because it is post war. You know, 1947 mm-hmm. is the period. But I think if you wanted to um, use. Vehicles in particular from the armies of books in BA, I think that that weren't superseded, didn't have rules that were in the in the conflict books or resurgence. So I would, on the whole, I don't think you're going to damage anything really. Exactly. Uh, it, it, it's it's probably some of the units, uh, as you're saying, the, the 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 introduction of the Gurkhas or putting the horses in the game and some of that sort of stuff, um, where you might start getting some. Um, complexities that might end up uh, making things break, but you've got plenty of choices in the book
0: anyway. So, uh, exactly. Yeah, I, I don't think yeah. it, I, I don't think it would break. Um, mm. I think it it might have a little bit until the resurgence rules came out. I think the resurgence yep. rules really tighten it down. I mean, the game mm. becomes much clearer, um, yep. and it's just it. Yeah just the way things interact and the way that certain rules were taken out or rewritten um, really cleans up the game and makes yeah. it, a, I mean, a joy to play. Um, yep.
1: I think you, you've called the ones that, that um, bringing them across just kind of makes sense that, that under the, the assault, reducing the range of assault rifles, um, the extra shots for LMGs and MMGs.
0: Yep. They're in there.
1: LMG range? LMG range.
0: I'm glad you brought that up. LMGs are 30-inch range in Bolt Action Version 1. They're 30-inch range in conflict, even in resurgence, but they're 36-inch range in in Bolt Action Version 2. So the extra dice from Version 2 are in conflict. The range is not. And so this is just one of those examples where things change— Hmm. not exactly the same way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, um, another one that was, um, I thought might've come across, but I don't think uh, did. It did it come across is, um, fixed weapons being able to pivot on an advance order.
0: Oh, in is all of in my, re- in all my notes, I don't think it did. Um, so I will have to, I would have to check that. Um, yeah. I could be wrong. Please let us know if I am. I would love to know. Um, what did come across though is the loaders rule, um, yeah. from version two. So the the loaders rule came across, as did the officer um, snap to action. But yeah. w- but what's interesting is they update a lot of the rules for armies in resurgence. Um, Germans don't get an extra snap to action action. So the rules called <laughs> blitzkrieg in the new German book for bolt action, they do not get it in Conflict 47. And also to get political, do you know what also doesn't come across? One of the rules that people bellyache more than anything else I've ever heard, tiger fear, does not come to Conflict 47.
1: I think both of those make sense for Conflict 47. When you've got um, uh, Tottencore and Shrekwolf and... Yeah, you, you kind of go. huh, it's only a tiger. Good. Yeah, exactly.
0: What do you mean and it's not a Blitz- giant walking tank with a cannon the size of Nebraska? Yeah. It, oh, I'm not afraid so of that, that thing. That's sense. just the tiger. Yeah, it, yep. yeah.
1: And uh, and the absence of Blitzkrieg, i well, I'm cool with that as a German player. I think it fits the background well because yeah. the 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 idea of the whole elite officer corps that was so fancy pants. Um, after six, yeah. seven years of war, they, they're probably just not producing officers of any different quality from anyone else.
0: Agreed. And but it, So, okay, while well, those rules didn't come across, initiative training, um, where your NCO bumps, like yeah. a regular guy bumps up to your NCO, in bolt-action version two, it goes up on a two-up. In conflict, it goes up on a four-up.
1: Uh, which is the version one rule. Which is
0: the version one rule. But yeah. his, Hitler's buzzsaw affecting machine guns on infantry squads, on teams, and in vehicles, does. So vehicles get Hitler's buzzsaw in Conflict 47. Um, Again, it's different um, the way that it comes across. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, The medic rule comes across. um, So medics can't assault, but they can defend themselves. Um, Just like version 2. Um, rules for some of the rules from the original conflict that were sticky um so con- uh, fanatics for example, or flight a lot of people used to hide flying units behind walls and then they'd just ass- you know assault and oh. then when people shot at them they 'd say oh but i 'm behind the wall, but no you 're flying so they cleaned it yeah. up and said, if you're going to jump over that wall and fly and hit me, yeah. um, I can shoot you and you're not hiding behind that wall, which, again, yeah. makes perfect sense.
1: Absolutely. And uh, an- another thing that makes a lot of sense to me was uh, leaving turret jam behind.
0: Yeah. Oh, thank you. That was on the short list. So um, turret jam is one of those rules that people hate. It's not in Conflict 47. Also not in Conflict 47 now, now, Dave. Let's get a little political here. Templates didn't come to Conflict Forty Seven. He yeah. is alive and well in. That's conflict. an
1: interesting one, isn't it? The yeah, the, um, the the yeah, He and the and the 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 dice. The particularly for small units, um, uh, He is really remains really dangerous for uh, uh under conflict
0: exactly now it's really interesting that that's there because i liked the template rules i really like them i think that they really go a long way in balancing out anti-tank weapons versus high explosive weapons um yeah it, i, I yeah. agree
1: I, I think that that's um, it's a bit disappointing because there is a lot of at in the resurgence world and and like even anti-tank rifles start getting a bit of a run again and uh, and yet they the remain kind of a, a, a poorer cousin to a certain extent uh, against the HE, just yeah. through the, the staying with the older rule set.
0: Yes, although as we're playing around, I think what we were talking about earlier about needing to have elements in your army to deal with your opponent, mm-hmm. I think given the Rift Tech... Units, um, as in the weird units, the the new stuff for conflict. I think yep. you need to put some AT in there. Otherwise, you're going to get your face kicked in at some point by some of these yep. units. Um, yep. So you need to have the tools. Um, I think we need to play that one more. Um, I'm willing to. I mean, I was shocked when I realized that templates weren't in there. Um,
1: yeah. Um. I guess it wasn't. Uh, the HE using dice is not broken, Um, and the the templates is not broken, but they do deliver different um, outcomes on the table a little bit. Agreed. On on average, if you're going to math hammer it, it probably looks much the same, but but just in the moment it feels different.
0: Yeah, agreed. Um, While we're also getting political – One of the rules that a lot of people, I guess, particularly in certain parts of the United States, I know our friend Mark Dogg uh, definitely didn't like this rule, um, was the fact that if you go down in Bolt Action Version 2, it's minus 2 to hit you. That is not in Conflict 47. It is still minus 1 to hit units that are down if you're shooting at them. So um, it's almost as though... The guys at Clockwork Goblin. And I have not spoken to them. I don't know. I am not saying this from any authority whatsoever. It's almost as though they took all the political hot topic complaints from version 2 and lopped them off. Um, I don't know if that's what they did. But it's like everything that anyone complained about for version 2 isn't here or was fixed. Um, Which almost makes this... Bolt Action 2.5? Um... With elements of one, uh, which is really weird. Um, Yeah. But some of the other things that are in there. um, So the idea is um, so pintle mounted weapons have a 360 degree arc, um, just like they did before. But if you fire a pintle mounted weapon on a vehicle, just like in version two, all of that with them being flak and opening, making your vehicle open topped carry across now that's interesting because a ton of the walkers have pintle mounted weapons so if you want to fire them you got to open your top and since walkers tend to have lower armor um Mm. that's a liability um if you if you want to take that chance so um so that's there do you have any feelings on that or shall i continue
1: no, continue. I think it just makes sense to me that if you've you've got to pop the top to shoot that one. Agreed. And that and that leaves you the option of um, some units might be able to pay for an upgrade to have a, a, a some sort of casement mechanism and yeah. and avoid the limitations. So that's fine.
0: Totally. Um, now they also put the so a nice set of rules in to talk about weapons, multiple weapons, linked weapons, or multiple mounts to really clarify for some of those vehicles. Um, One in particular, one that you and I have both played with, um, so one of the weapons that the Americans have in this game is called the Kodiak and I love it. It is a big, ugly mech that walks around. It's a giant robot and in its arms, it's got a weapon pod in each arm. Each arm has two heavy machine guns and an autocannon and it wrecks face. Um, It it it,
1: has quite a presence on the table.
0: Yeah. Um, but when you look at it on paper, you might look at it and say, oh, man, I can fire, you know, one machine gun at this unit, one machine gun at this unit, one machine gun at this unit, one machine gun at it, another unit and fire an autocannon over here and one over here. But when you look at the model, it, it's, its weapons are very clearly laid out. So, yes, one arm, according to these rules, one arm can fire at one weapon, one arm can fire at another weapon, or, sorry, at another unit.
1: Target. Yeah,
0: target, sorry. Um, It really cleans up. And vehicles like the M16, um, not the rifle, the anti-aircraft carriage in the American list with the multiple machine guns, um, and like the 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 Russian quad machine gun AA vehicle, even though again it's not in Conflict Forty Seven, um, even though so those have to fire all their weapons at the same target. So it really does clean up some of the gaminess that m- people might have argued from Bolt Action. Yeah. Um, and they added the thing from Bolt Action Version Two that I really like, where um again. Empty transports are destroyed if they're closer to the enemy, but vehicles that have a weapon system can fire a weapon, one weapon system that they're equipped with, even if the vehicle's empty. That is armored or not, um, which I like quite a lot. So that's cool. Yep, yep. They Actually, while also-
1: we're on weapons and um, selecting the weapons, did you see that uh, if an infantry squad has anti-tank weapons... Uh, like carrying Panzerfaust or something, uh, the Panzerfaust can target a tank and, the, um, and you, your small arms can um, uh, target a, separate, a different unit.
0: Is that in, the, is that in Bolt Action version 2? I was just trying to pick
1: it up in version 2. It's definitely in the conflict book.
0: I think you can do that. Um, Uh, Okay, cool. I think that that is, although we've been playing so many different versions that I'm starting to get confused. Yes, that is a good point, though. You can do that. I was just
1: trying to have a look in the version 2 book to see if I could find it, but I I can't pick it up quickly.
0: Okay. Anyway,
1: Um, um, moving on.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, no, exactly. That is a good point, and that is a nice podcast reference. Um, So, Recky – Recky is an interesting mix between version one and two. Um, once per turn, a vehicle with the Recky rule is allowed to react to an enemy shooting at them or assaulting them with the Recky maneuver. The player can choose this whether um, whether they've taken an action that turn or not. But once they've done it, um, once they've done it, they go. They their order test goes to down. But in order to yep. recce, they have to pass a reaction test. So they have to pass a morale check to recce. So yep. um, I really like how it plays out. And there's several yep. paragraphs very being, that are very clear about how recce works in the different phases of the game.
1: Yeah, I, I like the idea of, of having to do that order check um... Uh, to, to do something outside of sequence, uh, it, it, um, uh, cause that, that's the same as your reaction rules. Uh, and, and so the, I, I guess it's a reaction of types where I got shot at and now I, I go to run away. So again, it makes sense.
0: Agreed. Yeah. I, I think it, it's very, the way it is now written in this book, I think is rather intuitive. It makes sense and is not, will not lend itself for extreme gaminess, I guess. Um, now, there is something else in this book that is I was surprised to see, but I shouldn't have. Um, now, I do want to stop at this point and say that I'm a big fan of listening to podcasts. And one of the podcasts that I listen to as I commute to work every day is Rift Tech Radio, and I really want to thank those guys. Um, that that they are the Conflict Forty Seven podcast. If you haven't heard of them, it's Rift Tech R I F T, uh, Rift Tech T E C H Radio. Um, they are the they've gone through every one of the major armies. Just about so they're about to do an episode on Finland. They just put out an episode on the new Japanese army list. And they've, they've put a lot of consideration and conversation into yep. Conflict 47. But they also talked to people at Warlord. And a while ago on their podcast, they said that Bolt Action was getting a new... Or there was... I'm sorry. They never said Bolt Action. They said there was a new Tank Wars supplement coming out. Now, I heard that, and I actually heard it from a few other sources, that there was a new Tank Wars supplement or something coming So if you've listened to the last couple of episodes of the LRDG-2 before it shut down, I talk about that coming. Turns out it isn't coming. It's in this book. Um, It is in Resurgence. The full rules for the Tank Wars book for bolt action, maybe not the full rules, but all the rules that would apply to Conflict 47, including the force selection, like an armored platoon... Reinforced platoon structure, um, the command rules, the radio networks, um, the missions rules on how to play armored platoons or mechanized platoons they're all in this book um, nice. it was an, it was a really nice ad. I was surprised to see it and so every army in the game gets armored recovery vehicles or ARVs, and you can if something's damaged or destroyed, you can take an arm. ARV out and rescue them. Um, And I think that has impacts on the game, which I thought was just great. I mean, it just adds another element to playing this game. It's fantastic. Um, And as I was saying, every army list gets new entries. Um, I I just, I don't want to understate that. So Germany gets several new entries, including artillery, they get um, a special Rift Tech um, weapon Puma. Um, there's new command vehicles. There's a tank recovery tractor and a special Panther that can be used to recover vehicles. The Americans Good. get armored officers, so they can take entirely armored infantry platoons. Um, by the way, okay. the Germans get that as well. Um, is that also... the dude
1: with the, um, Sorry, the that's been a special model that's been floating around for a little while? Well, it? I'm
0: I'm glad you mentioned that because no, that's not that's a different guy. Oh. Um, okay, there's a guy um, there's a Paragon officer named Slammer Samuels. Now that's the special model that came with the game Conflict Forty Seven. Well, you now get rules for him, uh, and he's expensive. But what he does is he's just got a pile of rules. We'll go through him when we do Americans. But, But we also get a new squad called, and they've been talking about this on the Conflict Facebook page, the Paragon Squad. And these are Slammer Samuel's buddies. And there's six of them to choose from. And when you buy the unit, you buy three of them. So you, right. you, you pay 70 points and you get three guys. You can't add more of them. One of them has to be an NCO. Um, and then the rest of them, uh, and there's two NCOs to choose from. and then So you choose three out of these six guys. And however, the three that you pick give the unit special rules and weapon options. So it's just... If you liked, like when I was a kid, I liked old classic Captain American comic books. I liked going back and reading the reprints of them from, you know, World War II era or from that time frame. Nick Fury and the Howling Commandos. Those were awesome comic books. This is that. And I'm just going, that's awesome. Um, (laughs) There's a samurai guy with a sword. Um, There's a hatchet guy running around. There's a guy who drives a truck. It's cool. It's just a lot of fun. I don't again yeah. I haven't looked at the effectiveness on this, but it's just again, they've added some awesome units. Um yep, yep. again, you get some more AT weapons, you get some new walkers, um you get scout cars. It there's just a lot of neat stuff. Um again, the British, they get a lot of good stuff. A lot of their units got cleaned up. Um Soviets the same way. There's tons of new units in here. Um, The Soviets may have gotten the least new units, uh, but they kind of had a lot to start with. Um, But they do get a special character, and we did have a request to talk about this. Um, I I think we will have to hold off the full discussion on this guy until we get to um, talking about a Soviet army list. But they have a special bear commissar. Now, in Conflict 47... There are, as we said, werewolves and giant flying vampire guys. In the way it's described in Conflict Forty Seven, it's not that these are supernatural creatures; it's human beings who have had their DNA spliced with, you know, other things to create these superhumans. Um, again, coming back to the Captain America thing with the Paragon Troopers—that's the American version. Well, the the Soviets have made you know daughters of the Motherland who are like, to quote the Rift Tech guys. Um, Riff Tech Radio guys, they're like like circa nineteen eighty, Roid Rage, um, Soviet Olympic athlete women, <laughs> like big scary women running around in body armor with assault rifles. So well, it's they're to love, yeah, exactly. They're, that that's one of their special units. But another one of their special units are giant bear men. Now, this book that was in the basic rules. This book has a special character who is a commissar bear man who walks around with two bear man buddies. Um, now, he has an assault rifle, but his bear buddies don't. But what he does is um, he's got the... He's got a, a, a huge paragraph of rules. Um, but one of the things he does is he has the commissar rule. But um, basically, if somebody doesn't um, pass the test, the reroll. Uh, he yeah. munches them, which is awesome, um, and does
1: that pass some benefit onto the remaining remainder of the unit? Or I think it just or... means they
0: pass the i honestly, I would have to go reread the rules in the book. um <laughs> I'm just skimming this. I know we had a request to talk about it, yeah, um,
1: I haven't looked at the Russian section at all yet,
0: yeah, it's a lot of fun, um, and there's a new heavy walker, the Mastodon, which looks pretty badass. And, of course, because I own one, they now get the IS-3, which I always thought they... I mean, Warlord makes the model. Why isn't it in Conflict 47? I mean, it is perfect for Conflict 47. It's now in the game officially. Excellent. Um, Yeah. So, one of the things that we should talk about is every, every nation in Bolt Action that has come over to Conflict 47, so the six of them, Finland, Japan... Britain, America, Germany, and I cannot believe I just blanked. Germany, America, Great Britain, Soviet Union. Soviet Union. Yeah. All of those have their own national rules. And generally, they match the ones from Bolt Action. However, everyone at least gets one special Rift Tech circa 1947 national rule, Um, including the Japanese, including the Finns. Um, and the, the Finns get a really interesting mix of weapons too. Um, but I, I, I really do want to go back to some of these army lists. And so in future episodes, when we're talking about games and all of that, I would like to do little one-off half an hour, 40 minute discussions about some of these conflict 47 armies, because I mean, we could talk about them forever. Um, yeah, no, that's a good idea. Yeah. But one, I I did not want to close Resurgence without bringing up something else that the game, it brings to the game. And something that is near and dear to both of us. Um, New scenarios. So Conflict 47, one of the things that a few people complained about was that it uses bolt action version one missions. And the missions in Bolt Action Version 2 are different. And you get 12 missions in that that book, I should say. Resurgence adds a new scenario chart. And it adds six new scenarios. And they are very different. Um, We looked at a couple of these when we were going to play. And then because we were trying out so many rules, we decided to say, you know what? We'll hold off for now. But just looking through them you really do get six very different ways of playing the game that look like it's just a lot of fun. Um, So I think that goes cover to cover on the resurgence book. And I'm sure we're forgetting a rule that didn't come over or something that did. Um, Before we do, I guess, close the book, Dave, What are your thoughts about this? I know that you and I have talked about this a lot and that you may have made one or two bold statements. Are you willing to go with those on air?
1: Um, I'm thinking of the PG version. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Look, I'm a big fan of bold action, but I actually think that this um, Conflict 47 plus resurgence is a better game. Um, it's, it's richer and, and it's, it's good fun and really engaging at the table.
0: Yeah. I, I really, I really like this. Um, after our game, I went home last night. And I pulled out a bunch of half finished things that have been sitting I on a shelf. I that.
1: I couldn't believe he started painting. I was bombed.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was, but I was, I was, yeah, exactly. I was exhausted. So when you play for fun, yeah, and it's not like we're playing for cheap stations and kick each other's face in, but when things go wrong, we get something wrong in the game. We're not afraid to go back and, like, move a bunch of units back to where they were and redo something to get it right. We're learning the game. It's not about winning. It's about learning and having a good time. Would you agree, Dave? Yep, yep, absolutely. Yep. And so when we, I mean, we really, I think we took the game to its paces. And in the process, and we had another friend who came along and watched. Um, and
1: Yeah, to the point where occasionally during the game we go, yeah, this is probably a bit stupid, but let's do this and find out what happens.
0: Exactly. And we're just looking at it going, now, how did that work again? Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: So, we'll, yeah, we'll just run up to the hedge and let's conduct firefight with reaction firefight at point blank range and see what happens.
0: And I well, do, it
1: I, turns I, out you need bandages. Yeah, exactly.
0: I um, will have to give a big shout out to Rob Deacon for being our friend that came along and hung out. Um, I just Dave, I think you had hung out before.
1: Um, uh, yeah we we'd um we we'd met and uh and talked gaming we've never managed to have a game together yet but uh yeah that's uh certainly in in the on the drawing board
0: Definitely yeah absolutely and Rob it was a pleasure looking forward to playing you soon Um it was very yeah it was cool but he was also saying well, what about this have you thought about that well where is that in the rules and it was just it was, the three of us were really giving it a good run Um yep. and in so I was I was also exhausted at the end of that. Um, but I was so excited about the rules after playing it that I literally opened, I I dug through figure cases. I went into the bottom (laughs) of boxes and then I sat down and painted. Um, now for those of you who know me in order it, because I'm tired these days for me to do that. Like I, I was highly motivated. Um, and I was motivated because these rules were that good. Um, Guys, if if you looked at Conflict Forty Seven before and you thought, "Oh well, you know, I picked him up, but the rules are version one, blah blah blah," and you had a wee whinge about it, or maybe it just didn't it didn't click. Look, I get it; I put the game down myself. Resurgence is great; it is so good. And as I yeah. said earlier in the podcast, it is almost as though it is bolt action. I don't know. It's not bolt action three. It's not 2.5 because elements of one are in there.
1: It's its own direction. Yeah. It's
0: its its own thing. Yeah. But it's good.
1: Yep, absolutely. And I think um, you could play a a straight late war force with no weird um, we both had just a little bit of weird in our armies, but I think um, you could have an army that was totally weird war and, and all of those things would work and, and would be fun to play against um, yeah. in, within the rules. So the, the flexibility of this is really nice. Um, you, you give up the history obviously and 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 the bold action still delivers that in spades and so I'm not bagging bold action it, it is a good game I really like the second edition
0: Ditto. but
1: the the conflict 47 with the resurgence uh, additions uh, and alterations is is a, is a little ripper
0: yeah it is and it's it's good as is I know that a lot of people got into the habit of saying but what if we change something with the uh, the season rules um, but I don't think this needs anything. I really like it as it is. Um, I need to play more of it. But as you were saying a second ago, I think you can run a straight army. And in the world of Conflict 47, there are plenty of parts of the war where there isn't Rift Tech floating around. But there's also parts of the war where there's lots of Rift Tech floating around. I think you could easily take your two bolt-action armies and play a game of Conflict 47 and have an awesome fun and just a great game of bolt action but it's the conflict version of it um whereas if you are adding weird i think we should play a game dave where Mm. one of us is playing heavy weird and one of us is playing no weird and we should see how we go i think that i think that would be an interesting test of the rules I, i i reckon it works it's a it's a I can't believe I'm going to say this. It's a pretty balanced game. It's a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, I think so. And some of those new scenarios, I think, might actually be well suited for that sort of thing where you have, say, um, a, a non-Rift Tech company defending a site, um, facing assault from something weird. Or or vice versa, where you've got um, a normal unit tasked with actually uh, rooting out and destroying uh, 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 something else that that, that is the other. So, you know, so the narrative that could go with these things is really strong as well.
0: I could not say that better. I I think if you are into narrative style games or you want to play a hard-nosed, you know, play, you know, to win, sheep station kind of game. I want to win this and I'm going to play against someone who wants to win. I think the game works well for both um, hmm. I, I at this point in my life, I think you and I are both into having a good time rolling some dice, and you know I mean sure we're both going to play like we're going to win, but I don't think either of us is going to be like, Aha, I win, and you know something yeah. like that but i think it I think the game works in both arenas um. Uh, there is it does have to be said that the fact that the conflict forty seven resurgence rules are not in the basic game the fact that you have to buy both books to play it um that is that is a problem um people won't like yep. that um yep, i yep. I don't mind it I own both of them and because of it, yep. I own an excellent game
1: yeah i think um if you Yeah, if you were looking to enter it, that sucks a little bit because that's the two books. Whereas for those that are in the game, it's slightly cheaper than just having to buy a a whole new book that's only a year old. But yeah, it's not ideal.
0: No. But if you put it into context, if you look at the gaming industry right now, the two books I'm holding in my hand, Conflict 47 and Conflict 47 Resurgence, if you are holding those two books in your hand, you Bought the for less than what you would spend on a new Warhammer 40,000 codex. I mean, and that is, albeit that's on the expensive end of the spectrum, but it's still a Warlord-made game. It is, or a Warlord-sold game. The books are not ridiculous. They're very reasonably priced. You can find them for a good price, probably in your local game store. Um... And you can get both of them, not break the bank. And if you're like me, I, I was talking to a couple of folks online about, you know, oh, what are you going to do with your conflict? What's this? What's that? They asked what army I had painted. Well, I have a ton of armies painted for bolt action. <laughs> and it's just a matter of, huh, I can add a unit to this. I can add a unit to that. And that was what I was doing last night when I was on a painting frenzy. You know, frenzy. I was like, look, I'll, if I paint these three things, I've now weirded three of my armies a little bit, but then I can add another unit and weird it up and add another unit yeah. and weird it up.
1: Yeah. I know I mentioned Russians unpainted, yes. but I've got a, an American army unpainted and, and that right from the box, I'm thinking, right, what are the, you know, the, the, the alterations to make it, um, work for both.
0: Exactly. Uh, yeah. Now, what I really like is what they've been teasing with pictures online is they're going to start doing accessory packs, I think, or you buy a box with the metal bits or in it, or there's going to be separate bits so you can add Rift arms and heads to existing kits. I believe that's what's happening with things like it. the Rift Grenadiers uh, for the, the British there's arms make, and heads that you add to the plastic to the plastic. mold I mean, that's
1: a really nice idea, isn't it? It you is. Know, the 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 because the they're all they share so much of the you know if the uniforms and everything else is much the same. So yeah, that that's I like that.
0: And one of the other things, um, I mean, we talked earlier about how in bolt action everything's sort of samey samey, and there's a little bit of variation in national rules. Well, each nation in Conflict 47 has slightly different technology and that leads to different sort of directions in in the weird, um, so to speak. Um, So the Japanese, for example, get fast, heavy armored troopers um, and they they have weapons called compression rifles and compression technology. And their walkers look like scorpions. And um, so It's just like waves of force is their technology. Whereas the Soviets are into heavy gene modification and they have giant sonic cannons on tanks that, you know, wreck face. Um, Meanwhile, the Americans have um, Tesla has given a giant has given this cannon. And so they have, again, like. You know, assault, or assault rifle armed guys and power armored running around. Meanwhile, they're backed up with um, tanks with giant coil of weapons that shoot lightning um, and crud loads of walkers that only American production could make. Um, yeah,
1: so the, the, each of those armies gets quite distinct things, and the the really do it yourself looking British robots.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. I love them, the automatons, that have really interesting fun rules that make them like no other unit in the game. What are they? They're robots. Yep, that's what they do, that's what they look like. And yeah, there's just, there's so much fun. Um, Now, one of the other things that some people said was, I heard a lot of bolt action players, and I heard a lot of them, local ones, saying, oh, well, this will be a flash in the pan. There won't be anything else after this. It won't be continued forward. Well, Resurgence has disproven that. And Resurgence, as far as the timeline goes, they haven't added a ton of new fluff. They've added some, uh, and they've gone in to explain Asia a bit more, uh, and they've gone forward to, you know... They basically advanced the narrative about 15 minutes, but it's still Conflict 47. But what's coming out next year, I believe in quarter two. So um, if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, uh, late spring, we're going to get a new book. So there's another book coming. Now, what's really, what I was kind of surprised by was how many pictures of cool new walkers and units that aren't in this book that have been leaked on through the Facebook page now what that tells me is the next book is going to be filled with goodies um so this is i think this is truly the beginning of something special um the game really has found its feet and the more cool stuff that gets added the more it plays into um, the Conflict 47, I don't know, the world of it, um, the world's being built, it's becoming richer, there's more units, there's more identity to the forces that differentiate them from the way they were in World War II. I guess as a gamer, now is a good time to get into Conflict 47. I mean, it was always a great game. I, I liked it a lot. We both did. I'll, I'll be yeah. perfectly honest with that. I, I was not a hater of this game ever but I did get a little wary of having to go from which rules are we going to play with today? Does that, how does that interact with units in the book? Um, we had to have those conversations when we played it no longer. Now yeah. is the perfect time to pick this game up. Um, Dave, would, what do you think?
1: No, I agree. I think it's a, it's a good time to get in. Cause, um, yeah, it's, it's fun. There's lots of stuff going on. It's, it's yeah. um, and there's still a lot on the table. The way they've written it, there's a lot of stuff to that you can explore yet, uh, as well. So I think yeah, it's likely to continue to be quite interesting.
0: Yeah, excellent. Well, Dave, unless you have anything else you want to say about this, I think I'm uh, I'm tapped. Those are my notes.
1: Um. Yep. You. I've got a tick against every. Yeah. There's. No, trivial things. All the major points are covered. So I think um, best leave it there. Right on.
0: Well, I think, uh, Dave, if you don't mind coming back soon, I think uh, you and I need to play some more Conflict 47, and I think we need to look at some of these armies. What do you say?
1: That sounds like a plan. I love it. I love it. So i uh, going to meet you in 1947. That's it,
0: on the tabletop. <laughs> now, uh, ladies and gentlemen, some of you will have noticed that the old LRDG podcast podcast Page has changed its name. It changed its name a while ago to the Land of Misfit Toys. Um, that is my personal hobby blog. It was on Blogger. Um, it's a little sparse at the moment because it is my old hobby blog. If you go back through the years, it's a, it, I was prolific on it for quite a while. Um, but it's mainly old Warhammer stuff. Um, I will be posting um, how-to articles for my stuff. Uh, I'll probably be doing stuff for WWPD as well. Um, But if you're looking for information about this podcast, um, the Cast Dice podcast, uh, please look for the Land of Misfit Toys or just type Cast C-A-S-T Dice um, into uh, Facebook and you will find the Cast Dice slash Land of Misfit Toys Facebook page. I will be running contests there shortly. Um, It is also you'll see pictures of... Um, what I'm working on and when I ask for questions um, for people who want stuff discussed on the show or, you know, if you want to tell me what you think of the show or if you would like to tell me, hey, um, I really want... I like this game. Can you talk about it, please? Uh, I would love to uh, get into exploring that now that the cast is up and running. And I would like to especially thank um, my buddy Paul for... A, finding me when uh, I was at Moab. Uh, he was a listener. He came over and said hi, but then he listened to the first episode um, and gave me some pretty darn fantastic feedback. Um, really took the time to listen, think about the new cast and the new concepts, uh, and gave me some great show ideas. So um, if you are listening to this and you're thinking, wow, you know, I hope he'll talk about something, tell me. It's a good chance I'll talk about it. Um, but yeah, thank you very much for listening. I know um switching podcasts and changing names and changing branding isn't always easy to follow. Um but I'm hoping to stay on this for quite a while. Um the Cast Dice has its own website. It has its own hosting now, and um yeah, it's completely independent and will be around for a while.
1: Um, oh, Cast Dice merchandise can't be far away. God, I
0: don't know about that. <laughs> I don't think I need to... Mo- I uh, definitely don't need to worry about that. Um, but one of the other interesting things that will be coming out of this podcast is... Um, I, I'm not sure what it's going to be called. It's probably just going to be a variation of this show. Um, is going to be Cast Dice presents... Um, old Man Moran's Storytime, or something like that, um, or the Nerd Book Review, um, or Nerdy Book Club. Um, basically, at one point, I really was talking with a few people about doing a an occasional G.I. Joe podcast about the old 80s comic books, and that seemed like painting myself into an awful big corner. So instead of doing that... Um, I thought about what I really liked about the 1980s G.I. Joe comic books, and it was the stories. And I love a good story. So I think going forward, um, we're going to do occasional episodes where instead of talking about games, we'll talk about stories, uh, be it from you know comic runs, be it science fiction novels, classic stuff, uh, new stuff. <laughs> Uh, if oh, there's a movie tie-in, something like that. Um, yeah. Dave?
1: I, I like that idea, Brad, because um, with the gaming, the, the, there's the actual gaming, there's the hobby stuff we do, but the stories and what motivates us is as much a part of the hobby, I think. So I think it's a good
0: idea. Yeah. I that literally exactly what I was thinking. Um, uh, yeah. So you will probably hear Dave talking about a story soon, too. Um, no, maybe maybe uh so not,
1: not gi joe alas
0: no well
1: i'm just a bit old I, it, it passed me by
0: well there's there is something with uh classic that is probably going to happen and if not the first one of those the second one um the dark phoenix saga from the original classic x-men comic books um somewhere in the range of oh god I, now I'm, i can't think of the comic run numbers um, You can look it up, but we're going to yep. have our special guest Christian on from L.A., from the Blackcast, uh, sometime awesome. hopefully in the next month or two, and we are going to talk about those comic runs. So I will, I will very clearly mark those in the feed um, so you can tell them apart from the gaming cast. Anyway, I'm starting to ramble. It's starting to get late, and uh, I think my dog needs out on the deck. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for joining us for the episode of Cast Dice. Please come back next time where we'll be talking to the author of Gaslands. And I'm sure we'll talk about something else, too. Enjoy.